0: episode of the ever black podcast is brought to you by death wish hot rods and customs check out their instagram for all their new t-shirts caps beanies cups and the all-new atomic death
1: lineup. bro how's it going good man good man. man whoever designed this laptop I'm on is an idiot because right. they put the they put the webcam at the bottom of the screen so it just like shoots up on my face it's, it's stupid Ooh, someone someone needs a pay cut for that one
0: I I don't I don't understand that because it's always it's traditionally it's always on the
1: top right so could... it's got to be yeah I'm I'm literally sitting with like a block <laughs> of stuff on my lap to prop my laptop up so it gets a decent shot.
0: What is it? Is it like a... It's not one of them uh, apples, is it?
1: Oh, no. It is a uh, Magic the Gathering deck box, because I get real nerdy with it. And, oh, uh, hey. Right. You know, come on. Yep. Yeah. I am, I am very into Magic the Gathering. I learned how to play when I was like 13 years old. Never quit. Other bands are doing it too, I'm noticing. It's starting to get more and more popular, which is crazy. Cause I'm like, I always did this and I never knew that anyone else did.
0: It's great. Who was, I was talking to someone recently eh, from over your way that were playing it as well. And they were putting up photos of them backstage playing it.
1: I was going to say, I know fit for a King plays a lot. That's it. Uh, That's it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The fit boys play, uh, i prevail plays some of the guys in era play uh yeah it's it's getting bigger hopefully
0: i love that it it could turn into this like underground fucking fight club type thing like oh yeah this this underground band you know magic the gathering tournaments that no one knows about
1: I just want to see like the memes that come from it where it's like the girl and it's like my boyfriend's probably on tour cheating. And then it's a photo of just eight dudes playing magic. The gathering It's like, oh yeah, we're eating chips and salsa and <laughs> playing magic. The gathering <laughs> in the green room. It's like the new, it's
0: like, you know, those memes about the, you know, oh, sorry, it's the bass player. You know, the girls always end up. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's the whole band now. The, the whole band's new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that, we're like that we're like that man i guess like i don't know middle dudes we, we the pitches were all like arms crossed but they, we're the nerdiest fucking people in the world it's, it's
1: just, oh yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's got their their promo picture face and pose you know whether it's the the hands in the middle the arms crossed the one arm crossed. there's there's always something
0: and there's always got to be one looking over that way
1: yeah yeah always no smiles no one smiles stank face all the way depending on the there's there's always in like the outtakes of like that the photographer sends to management whatever there's always like the two photos where the one dude is just cheesing just big smile it's (laughs) like why what are you doing you can't do this i love that i love that
0: but uh man
1: hey thanks for uh hanging out this this morning i
0: don't know where it is where you are where are you
1: at home i'm in detroit michigan it is 4 30 in the afternoon
0: I'm glad he said afternoon, not morning. Because I'd be like, fuck that. But, um, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would not be fun. That no. would not be. Fun. No, no, not for you.
0: But, uh, dude, uh, the new We Came as Roman's album, Dark Bloom, recently dropped. And, uh, man, it's a phenomenal record, dude. I
1: love the fuck out of it. It's so good. Thank you. Man. We have been waiting forever to put it out. So I'm so stoked that we'd finally get to release it.
0: Man, five years. Understandably, there's been a lot yeah. happening in the past five years. But um, wh- when did you pick up the guitar and start working on this thing?
1: Ah, uh, let's see. The oldest song on the record is "Plagued," and I started writing that song almost three years ago. Wow! And wrote all through like the pandemic lockdown and stuff. And so when we finally got to the studio, um, in what was that? I guess February of a year and 10 months ago, you know, or however long ago that was. Yeah, we had like 30 fucking songs. We had the most songs we've ever had going into a record. And we had to like sit down and figure out what we were cutting and all that. And we had 30 songs and we still sat down and wrote like four or five more songs after that. Just wild. But I think that's like a huge reason why the record sounds the way it does. Mm -hmm. I like wholeheartedly believe it is the best collection of songs we have ever put out especially from a songwriting standpoint a lyrical standpoint um and you know it's because we had all that time to to dedicate towards it and i mean don't get me wrong even if there wasn't like a covid lockdown we probably still would have just taken the time off to do it because it was that important to us Mm -hmm. but you know thankfully I never thought I'd say this. Thankfully because of the lockdown, you know, there was nothing else for us to do. But you know, all bands just became online merch stores. You couldn't play shows. You know, you could only do so many live streams before your fans are like, "Yeah, I'm watching this on YouTube." Yeah, that's from smart. the last one where you played all the same songs and nothing's different, you know. So like we did a few live streams and that was it. We mostly just wrote wrote the record, but then Because of COVID and all like the supply chain issues, you know, the record was done April of last year, but no one had vinyl to make actual physical records. There's no vinyl. And so we had to wait this long to actually put it out because we couldn't make an actual record. We couldn't make a physical record. So we were waiting until then because, you know, it's our first record now in like five years. But it's like we can't just release it on like, oh, go listen on Spotify like you know we we need to make physical products we wanted to make sure that we had like lyric booklets and stuff in that because lyrically this record is so important to us um you know we did two hometown shows for the release in very tiny venues um like these packed out 400 cap rooms and uh after we played we just played the record um every song on the record and that was it. We didn't play any other songs from any other records of ours. And then we, we stayed around and just signed people's stuff. And uh, it was like the amount of, of vinyls and physical CDs and stuff that we signed. Like, I feel like I only signed like a couple t-shirts and it was mostly all vinyls and CDs. And it's like, we couldn't have done that if we didn't wait to put the record out. So
0: it's right. It's true. And you know, I've mentioned this a few times where bands have said, Oh, you know, like due to the supply chain thing, I went in, I oh, we've got our JB hi-fi here, which is like, yeah, I don't know what's your equal to over there, which is their, re- you know, the big record chain. They've right, got like, fucking 50,000 copies on vinyl of like Harry Styles and Taylor Swift and shit, like blocks that have been sitting there for weeks. And yet like, I'm like, man, I'd really like to get, you know, this album on vinyl. And it's like, Oh, sorry. We're like, and you go, well, you know, supply chain. So it's like I keep saying we need to take all those Harry Styles, melt them down, and give them
1: to bands that deserve it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, from from I guess a uh, a company that presses record that that makes records. You know, it's it's COVID. Businesses are struggling. Would you rather have a ton of guaranteed business because you're going to get paid on the pressing of a record? You don't care if it sells. So would you rather have all of that guaranteed business so your whole livelihood doesn't go under and you can still, you know, take care of your family and all that, or would you rather, you know, fight it out for the little guys of metal (laughs) core? Like, like I, I get it. It still sucks. Hard agree still sucked, but it makes sense. You know, Uh, especially during COVID everyone was just making whatever decisions they could to keep their businesses afloat. And at that point, It's like, oh, you know, Adele's going to order a million copies of vinyl. Yeah, we'll definitely print all that instead of waiting eight months to put out, you know, some breakdowns. You know,
0: I I understand that. And I'm all, I see, I see where you're going, but those copies are still there. And I think it could go to good use recycling. I know, I I agree. I agree. uh, Less, less, uh, I don't know. Don't get me. I'm I'm going into old man metal elitist mode here. So fuck, I'll just you know. Anyway, I'll reel back in. <laughs> but I, one thing I want to mention is um old man's yells at cloud. Uh <laughs> the fucking tone, the guitar tone on this album is like one of the best fucking guitar tones I've ever heard in my life. It is so huge. Let's go. Man, that makes cool. me feel good. Like, yeah incredible like i you know listening back to 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 your previous albums like it's you've always had a sick tone but this one just it's so heavy dude
1: it's just- yeah i think there's something too about the way that drew folk mixed bass in with the guitars that kind of like made this just wall of sound pushing forward where it's like with, without getting like technical on it, where you're not like missing out on certain frequencies, and but it's not something that you notice where you're like, Oh, I can't believe I hear this frequency and this frequency yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. It's just, Oh, that sounds full, that sounds like nothing's missing. Which I was just like, Yeah, you know, that's why we go to Drew Folk because he is an actual wizard. Him, him and Jeff Dunn made this record sound awesome, give them all the credit.
0: It is your best sounding record I will say. Like I
1: agree. Hard agree.
0: Like turning it up in the car, you know sometimes you get albums like you turn it up in the car and you cannot you go too far before the the speaker in my old Hyundai i30 starts going, fuck off. Um yeah. man, cranking it up and it's just smooth
1: and and it makes a window shake. So good. So good. Yeah, I when we first got it back I I did that in my, I put it on in my car and just literally drove around the city I live in and just like did the, did the old sound test of like, how loud can I turn this up before there's like no definition and I'm just getting smacked with sound. Yeah. And it didn't feel like I got to that point, even when it was loud, it, like I could still hear everything, how I should be hearing it. And I just, yeah, just amazed at the talent of, of Drew and Jeff on that. So Great, great job to them. I had nothing to do with mixing because I do not know how. No, but great job for writing the riffs, man. Like the riff, I, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll take some of that. That, yeah, that that one,
0: that one can go to me, man. So good, so good. But you also got some guests on here. You got a uh, you know, Caleb Shomo from Bare Tooth. Yep. 936 uh, I nine thirty uh, six. Thirty six. I've, yep. I've never heard heard of him before this, and he's fucking awesome. Um, I love it when I love it when you get an album and you go, oh, I've never heard of this person before. And then you like makes you dig through there. This, you know what I mean?
1: Very- yeah. Yeah. Zero's awesome. And, and his songs are sick and it's, it it's awesome. Cause back when we were writing daggers, um, Drew was, we were talking about like, oh, we want to put a guest feature over this part. Like, what are we going to do? And Drew was like, oh, I have this friend who's a rapper. He would crush this. His name is 0936. And we we're like, cool. Like I I was like, I have no idea who that is, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. So he sent him the song and Zero tracked it and sent it back like super quick. It was like a, a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Drew just played it in the studio to us. And like you could almost like audibly hear our jaws hit the floor. We were just like, what the? F-? Like, this is so sick especially for our band never having done anything like that before. And then rightfully so after that happened, zero like blew up over here. Um, His songs were like number one, active rock forever. And he's getting all these sick placements on festivals and shit. And now he's just big. And it's awesome because he's incredibly talented. And it's, it's just funny the way that chain of events went in my mind. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, one yeah. thing
0: I did want to ask you though, is, is it connected to, to, to plant a seed like the title
1: at all? Um, not. It's a weird uh, thing. To sort of, I know. It's funny. It's funny because like, I, like, I don't know why my band always does this plant shit. Like, you <laughs> know, we, we thought we would have grown out of it, but we didn't. It was, it was completely unintentional. Um, Andy was reading a book in uh, He's reading about this this concept of of dark bloom where like even in the darkest shittiest times of your life you can hmm. still move forward try to grow try to make it out and then that's where um the lotus came from is that he was saying that um the lotus is the only flower that can bloom in the dark it doesn't need direct sunlight to actually like blossom and so we're like, holy shit, that's just literally what our band is right now. We're in the fucking worst times of our lives and we're trying to figure out how to push forward. And so it just like clicked. And then we're like, God damn it, another plant thing. Can we just not do this? But we're going to do it because it makes sense.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Cause I was like, I was like trying to piece it together. I was going back through. I was like, what's the connection? It got me thinking, you could have told me anything then and just and just sent me off on a little tangent. Like I could have spent weeks just
1: getting all haggard, <laughs> just in a, in the room here, just going, I need to figure this fucking thing out. Yeah. Um, but, See, now it's just it's, the meme with all the math symbols going around and yeah. trying to make the connections. Yeah, that's it. And you know, you could have. <laughs> you know, that's I appreciate you didn't But, but um <laughs> the The album
0: uh is uh, features Kyle's last performances as well, I believe, um on keyboards, right?
1: So, no, I've seen I've seen this a lot online, where people are like, "Oh, like you could hear Kyle's voice at this part," or you know, Kyle wrote these parts on keyboards and stuff. I don't know where it came from, but everyone just keeps circulating it and then believing it. And all of all of these songs were written well after kyle had passed and none of it was was written by by him but i think a really important piece of how the record was made is kind of feeding into these fan theories because when we did cold like war drew and kyle really connected on production on just how it needs to sound what types of sounds, you know, keyboards are doing, what types of sounds electric drums are doing, how to EQ these things, like really technical stuff, side-chaining, you know, all this stuff. And so that was like the, I wouldn't say the biggest, but a massive deciding factor in going back to Drew to make this record. Not only was, well, not only is he a great friend of mine and a, a friend of the band's, yeah. but he really connected with Kyle on that and understood his mind and how to make the production sound that way. And so moving forward without Kyle, we're like, okay, well, we still want to sound this way. We still want to sound how Kyle would have a sound. And really the only way for us to do this is to go to drew because drew and kyle were on this complete level of understanding of what production and keyboards and everything needed to sound like and so not to mention like they were friends as well so like involving drew on this record that meant this much to us was like kind of extra special in that way um but drew spent a ton of time uh crafting the production to sound the way that it needed to in order to keep kyle with our music in that aspect because i like i couldn't have done that i don't know how to create keyboard sounds like that i that is not anything that is in my wheelhouse um you know that if you were to ask me i'd be like oh yeah uh could it sound softer and the engineer is going to be like yeah i can like what what are you fucking saying like you know that's not helpful um but drew and kyle were so connected on that that he was really able to craft all of our production to sound exactly kind of how Kyle would have wanted it for our songs. And uh, so it, it does sound really similar to everything that Kyle would have made for us um, if he were still here. But the uh, the rumor or speculation that Kyle's voice or keyboards or any of that are actually on the record is not correct.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so sorry if i, I
1: got that yeah. wrong but um i i'm so offended i'm so mad i, I it is completely all right it's, okay. i fine. i like reading that kind of stuff that like people post on our youtube videos and stuff like oh i hear Kyle's voice in this song and i read that and i'm like well that's not true but also that's awesome that you're still thinking of Kyle and yeah. you're still hearing him in our music like that is much more important to me than correcting you and telling you that he's not there. Um, the fact that you, you think about him and you want him there and you view him as always a part of our songs is much more important to me than than anything else.
0: I love that, man. Because it you, you, you still feels like through the music he's he's there, you know, and that's that's yeah. a beautiful fucking thing, man. It's so good. I love it. So thank you. Yeah. But, uh, mate, I know, I think our time's running, running out here. I'm holding you a bit too
1: long. We, we got, we got a few minutes, maybe like two or three. I'm, I'm actually oh, really? in the middle of, I think, a two and a half hour press block right now. Oh, so. really? Climbing the walls. <laughs> yep.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I, well, of course, I mean, I want to ask you about, uh, Australia, you know, we're, we're all the way down here. Got some. I, I would
1: love to get back to Australia. It is hands down my my favorite overseas place to go. I fucking I love it. I think international touring is getting closer and closer to the, the back to normal, you know, that it was before COVID. And as it approaches that back to normal, you know, it's going to be much more likely and easier for bands from the States to get all the way to Australia or Japan or, you know, Europe, Russia, anywhere and so hopefully i don't know next year maybe it's you know where you we actually just talked about this as a band we are we are looking for any opportunities we have but there has to be it has to be the right conditions you know what i mean it, that it has to be yes. the right thing we can't you know fly to australia to play some shows and two of them get canceled and we lose thirty thousand dollars and then we fly home and we're like well that was an expensive vacation (laughs) that's just ain't how it worked you know so man
0: i tell you what though like we've had a lot of your buddies down here recently so where i'm just like i'm just waiting for it
1: yeah that's what i'm saying i think it's getting closer and closer to like full-on back to normal we're just not quite there yet talking about beers you guys
0: have your own beers
1: now, don't you yeah, we made we made some beers. We that. uh we uh sold out of all of them and then drank the rest of them. So they're gone. <laughs> but we did one time. <laughs> You've still got one or two, right? The cans. Uh my dad has a four pack. I brought I brought him back a four pack. So the brewery that made it and like the meet and greet and stuff that we did, it was like right at the beginning of tour. So for the rest of tour, I'm literally, like, hiding a four-pack on the bus, hoping <laughs> no one will find it and drink it. And I succeeded. I tucked it up up under a bench in a little nook and uh, brought it home, and I gave it to my dad.
0: Man, if that was my band, I tell you what, I'd be, I'd, I'd be like, I'd find the ring pool, and then I'd be, I'd be. I'd be like you, motherfucker. I know that they'd smell it out. They'd be like, "Yeah, it's cool, bro. We'll just buy some
1: more." And I'd be like, "It's limited edition. Yeah, it's oh. it's gone. There there ain't no more."
0: Yep. You're gonna do it again or not? Nah.
1: Hopefully. I mean, I don't I don't think that anyone in our band thought that this first one would be as successful as it was. It was it was insane. Like we went to this brewery and drank like two kegs of this beer. <laughs> and uh it was actually like packed like there were a ton of fans there we were like signing stuff all night and then we ended up like bartending and pouring <laughs> beers and stuff like it was it was very cool and it went exponentially better than we thought it was going to go so we might do it again in the future it, it seemed pretty cool
0: how would you rate it compared to like other all other all band beers
1: oh our beer was fucking awesome so our our singer dave consulted with like their head brewer about like the things that he likes in beer the kind of flavors style all that stuff and then based on that they they brewed this IPA it was like a hazy IPA and it was so good it was it was really good
0: man i'm keen to, i'm i'm one day hopefully if you redo it and i'm over that i'd be keen to try cuz i love trying that stuff i like i tried trooper my maiden's trooper and it's one of mm-hmm. the worst things I've ever tasted in my life. Sorry, maiden. Like I love maiden, but fuck, dude, that trooper was was a slog. I think I've got the can here somewhere, and I was like, I I, I drank half, and I was like, oh,
1: oh no, I dropped it in the oh, sink. Yeah. all it <laughs> out.
0: Yeah, Bruce Dickinson's crying in his plane. But um, anyway, brother. Thanks so much for hanging out on the show. It's been really cool uh, hanging out and talking all things. We came as Romans. Uh, we'll have all the links down here to the album uh, and on the site as well. Get your ass cool. down for some beers, bro, and uh, we will see you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Cool, man. Thank you. All right. See ya. Right. Take care, man. Bye.